0: If you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, would you turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11? We've been going through Hebrews 11 the last few weeks, and we will continue to through the next few weeks. Hebrews 11 is a story, uh, well, a chapter of reminding us of stories of faithfulness. I left my Bible at home. I'm using Susan's Bible. Susan did not get up to cut Bobby off. She was getting up to pray, and then the Lord spoke to Bobby and said, Bobby's supposed to pray, and so there was Susan just standing there. Bless her heart. (laughs) It's a beautiful testimony, brother. Thank you. Look at verse 13 with me. We've looked at Abel and Noah and Abraham and, and we take a, a pause here as the writer of Hebrews puts some of this into context today. And if you followed along so far with the with where we've we've focused of our of our singing and, and speaking so far today, you'll you'll know that we're we're talking about our eternal home. Beginning in verse 13, the text reads, These These all died in faith, although they had not received the things that were promised, but but they saw them from a distance. They greeted them and, and confessed that they were foreigners and temporary residents on the earth. Now, those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they were thinking about where they came from, they would have had an opportunity to return. But they now desire a better place, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. May God add God's blessing to the reading of God's Word. Do you ever long for home? Think of it for a minute, what home might be to you. It may not be as, as, as happy a feeling, thought, as it is that I'm blessed to have. I, I don't know what, I know many of your stories, but not happy for everyone. It, it is quite happy for me. I, I think about the farms I grew up around and how I've learned as an older age that without those farms, there are no food. I think about high school sports, I think about drugstore milkshakes, I think about little league baseball. We've been talking a lot about faith the last few weeks, and we've been guided by the definition found in verse 1 of chapter 11, given to us by the writer of Hebrews, faith being the assurance of things hoped for, the uh, conviction, proof of what is not seen. Now, nowhere is this more apparent than in the story of Abraham, which we looked at last week. He, along with Sarah, verse 8 says, set out not knowing where they were going. And however much they loved home before God called them out, well, they put that aside in faith in favor of what was promised to be a better country, what was promised to be their true home. In verse 10, if you'll remember from last week, Abraham and Sarah looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Now, these foundations that God is building, they are hefty foundations They're Yeah, there's room for more in this city being built. There's room for you. There's room for every person. Every child born, our support for our country as we we receive the news of Friday and as we look forward, especially in our state here in Tennessee, which is certainly the law will change and, and likely the states all around us as well, a particularly desperate situation. For women who cannot travel, socioeconomic reasons, uh, the like. We have to, to live as if we believe there is room in this city which is being built, whose architect and builder is God. Now, many of us pastors, parishioners, we want to figure out a way for people to be drawn into the love of God Before anything else. And too often I believe we make it. I'm guilty of this. Seem like you have to understand it. At least you have to intend to satisfy all the ways that God is calling you to obedience before you can decide to follow Christ. Before God will love you. But y'all we. Testimonies the last two weeks in the baptismal waters Colin today Reagan last week. They don't know everything, nor do I. Their faith is childlike as yours and mine was and is in many ways. First, and the only thing we have to do, and what was testified to by these two precious children in the water is an understanding that, that God loves you, that there is room for you that the city of God has an apartment just for you and the rent is not crazy high. And you can start living regardless of your level of understanding your spiritual acumen. You can start living like God would have you live. And it's up to the church to help one another along in that regard, to look forward to the city that is being built for us, for you. And the first step is to understand that God is building it because God wants to be with you, because God loves you. Faith is about being richly in the present because of what God has promised in the future. Faith is about being firm and and, and richly in the present because of what God has called us to and promised for the future. Henry Nouwen says it this way Never curse the now in favor of the later. I love that. So live deeply. A life that is focused on our real country is one that does not remove itself from this life. It's just the opposite. These days matter. Verse 30, let's, I want to tease that out through the text. So look back at verse 13 first. It says, these all died in faith, although they had not received the things that were promised, but they saw them from a distance. They greeted them. They and confess that they were foreigners and temporary residents on the earth. Now, faith gives substance to things that are neither present nor visible. Do you see that? Pardon the pun. Do you see that? Faith actually brings about the kingdom of God as we live into what God has promised us. Things are... um, they're going to be fully the way God would have them to be. So we ask ourselves as people following and being formed by Jesus, what would that look like now when we live into that, even though it's incomplete? We ask ourselves, how would things look in the world if God were completely running the show? How would things look? And then we imagine those those ways through scripture, through fellowship, through prayer. And, and, and we, we try to help make those things happen be that way, to, to see and greet the promises from afar, as the writer of Hebrews said it, to live as if we're already in that reality. Faith makes real in the present God's things. Things are not so much future things as they are eternal things. Things are not so much future things as they are eternal things. Look at verse 14 and 15. Now, those who say such things, they make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they were thinking about where they came from, they, they would have had an opportunity to return. But, but now that is our better place, a heavenly one. Uh, therefore, God... Wait, I got into 16. Pause. The lesson for us here, I believe, is to keep moving forward. I like basketball a lot. Uh, there's a, there are women and men in the world who are extremely proficient at shooting the ball. And they are extremely proficient in shooting the ball because they practice so much. And they shoot and they shoot and they shoot. We got evidence of that through Steph Curry winning another NBA championship a couple weeks ago. He's the greatest shooter of all time in the men's game, I believe. And he is incredible at repetition. And he practices so much. And you just, when their feet are set, you just believe he's going to make it. But occasionally... Like in game five when he was like three for 18 for the game, you have a a game where you don't shoot it so well and you enter into the slump. But what coaches say to people who are slumping, I think the best advice during that time is to just keep shooting. Good coaches understand that you must keep shooting. It's not to think about the last shot or the last 10 shots. It's to focus on the next shot, to keep moving forward. God's promises are ahead of us keep moving forward. If they'd been thinking about where they came from, they would have had the opportunity to return. Verse 16, but they now desire a better place, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. They desire a better place. Do you if, if you are living into the reality that the kingdom of God is coming, then if we're doing that, then our lives will demonstrate evidence that we desire a better country. It also works like this. Doing those things, desiring a better country, living into that, it increases our desire for that type of a country. It whets our appetite, so to speak. You start seeing, even from a distance, the things of God, and you want more where that came from. And then look at the second half of the verse we just read in verse 16. God is not ashamed to be called their God. When we are living in anticipation of God's promises, God is not ashamed. That is good news. I I think about that in the context of my children and them moving into the ages, particularly the older two, no offense, boys, not being not really necessarily wanting to be seen with me in public. And I always thought that would never happen to their mom because Leslie Ann is so cool, but it happened to her too. (laughs) I could see it coming soon. Come on, boys, I'll drive you to the party. No, we'll just walk, Dad, but it's three miles away. What are you going to (laughs) want? Or the affection they might have for other kids' parents. Johnny's dad never makes him do that. Johnny's dad's cool. I am no longer a cool dad. In fact, I'm the worst dad in the world, I was told this week. Or they actually are going to go somewhere with you in public and you're about to leave and they say, are you going to wear that? You can't wear that. What about the opposite? Whether we're talking about um, our kids or maybe think of it as an empl- employees that you might have, there's this compulsion for, for us, for good performance from kids or employees, for how that behavior reflects on us, right? Right? Make us look good. Don't embarrass us, right? The writer of Hebrews is conveying a very important point here. These nomads, these, these people without a home yet, this home that Abraham never got to realize fully, God is not ashamed of them. It's the same point that Jeremiah was conveying in chapter 31, Verse 33, Jeremiah thirty one thirty three. but this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord, I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Maybe if we as children focus more on our parents' love for us rather than how the rest of the world viewed us relative to our parents, we would go a little easier on them. Perhaps if we acted the same way toward God, we would be more inclined to live into the promises of God. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song will ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. God loves you. God is not ashamed of you. God is building an entire city for you, and God has asked you to help build for that city. It needs your unique God given identity. It needs your love and your care for the world around you. It it needs your, well, your faithfulness. You're you're full of faithness. Your faith to be strong. John Calvin, one of our greatest reformers, thought of faith as this John Calvin's definition for one of his definitions for faith firm knowledge of God's benevolence towards us. Assurance, conviction, this conviction in the promises of God that that God is building a city for us. Whenever I study this particular section in Hebrews 11, I am always reminded of the last chapter of the last book of the Chronicles of Narnia, the last battle. C.S. Lewis, and I love those stories, And he detailed a fantastic journey at the end of this series. Up a waterfall, through rolling hills of glass, skimming across lakes as if the children were a human motorboat. Curiously, they were not tired, even though the intensity of their journey, it increased by the minute, excitement and wonder being their primary vehicle. And all the while, reminding themselves to just keep going. Yes, with Narnia behind them, they came upon gates that were golden. And opening wide, they were greeted by an old friend. And then more acquaintances and, and more family members, the most special ones reunited even beyond death. It was a wonderful celebration, but it, it did not feel like an ordinary celebration, if there's such a thing as an ordinary celebration. It it just felt right. There was no awareness of time. There was no disappointment that things would soon calm down and, and come to an end. And and little Lucy, she stood there watching, accompanied by her best friend, Tumnus, Mr. Tumnus. And, and Mr. Tumnus explained to her that in, in this place, the further you go, the bigger it gets. Indeed, the inside is actually larger than the the outside. He said it's like an onion, but the opposite. It's as you continue to go in, each circle is larger than the last. And the, the kids then see the most wonderful sight they'd ever seen. They saw their parents in the distance. And Tumnus explained to them that even though it seemed like they were so far away, they in fact were not. It's just a short walk along that ridge to get to them. Just a short walk along that ridge to get to them. And there you will find them, Tumnus said. There you will find them, church. The grandmother who taught you to make that dish just like that. The grandfather who drove you to get ice cream at the general store. Your first grade teacher who was told she had cancer during the year that you had her in class. Your dear friend who died too soon. The child you lost. All the relationships, the best things of life, they flood you as you lock eyes with her, with him. With Mike. With them. And then you see those that should feel less familiar, yet somehow they feel very familiar. You see, you see Abel and all his righteousness. You you see Noah with the with the carpentry worn hands as well and then you see Abraham looking at you with the same gleam in his eye, the one you recognize so well like a proud father and yes it all feels so familiar like you've always been there even though you really haven't or have you? And then you look up and you see the lion you see Aslan himself and He looks at the great crowd and he says this. You do not look so happy as I mean for you to be. And then little Lucy speaks for us all. And she says, well, we're so afraid of being sent away, Aslan. You've sent us back into our world so often. No fear of that, child. Aslan said, have you not guessed you are all in the shadowlands? You're dead, Only not. The holidays have begun. The dream is over. This is the morning. Behold, Aslan says, I have made all things new. Now the great story can begin. No one has ever read this story. No one will ever finish reading this story. It goes on forever Every chapter is bigger than the one before. That is as good of a description of what has been promised to us that I've ever read. It's not scientific. It's actually imaginary. Yet it is so hopeful. And it details exactly what I believe the writer of Hebrews wants us to remember and understand today, that God is not ashamed of you, regardless of what you've done. God is not ashamed of you. God loves you. God has prepared a place for you. And it is eternal. And in a sense, we are there now. It is not in the future as much as it is eternal. And I pray that we can cling to that together today. Take just a moment, sit with this. At the very least, imagine how well you are able this morning to lean into those promises of God. How well you are immersed in the eternal things today. And if this is new to you, yeah, Bobby's right. We don't do a traditional altar call that I responded to as an eight-year-old. But that altar is always open. And if you have yet to decide to follow and be formed by Jesus, I believe now's the time. You can just pray a prayer right where you are and say, God, I believe you're not ashamed of me. I believe you love me. And I believe at that moment you will be saved. And the eternal things will be yours as well. Let's take a moment to just sit and then we'll sing a bit more and then we'll pray. God bless you, church. You truly are loved and sent and never alone.